This Week in Tech. Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in the technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week, we're focusing on cryptocurrency. What is it? Who uses it? And how's it going to affect us in the future? Answers to those questions and more coming up. The state of Ohio made headlines recently when it became the first state in the country to accept cryptocurrency for tax payments. Former state treasurer Josh Mandel tells us why. To give taxpayers more options and ease in paying their taxes. And then secondly, we're doing this to project to the rest of America that Ohio is embracing blockchain technology and really send the message to software developers and entrepreneurs throughout the country that Ohio is open for business. If you're looking to build a technology business, come here instead of doing it in a place in another part of the country that might be more expensive or antagonistic to a new technology, come to Ohio. And while that sounds pretty impressive and progressive, most people probably have absolutely no idea what cryptocurrency actually is and why it matters. So we asked David Peleg, who's a professor of finance at Kent State University, to explain. So cryptocurrency, the, the most famous one that people talk about is called Bitcoin. And basically, it is a currency that allows people to make a payment to somebody else without having any bank in the middle of them. And because there's no bank in the middle, it's faster and a lot cheaper. And the way it works is it uses cryptography to prove that the person making the payment has the funds and that they are authorizing payment to the other person. So if I wanted to make a payment in Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, how do I actually get money that I actually have into this digital form? How does that work? You would go to a cryptocurrency exchange and you would do a trade where you paid dollars and received Bitcoin and then you would hold those in your wallet and you'd be able to transfer payments out of your account. For example, I have an app on my phone called Coinbase and using Coinbase I can buy or sell Bitcoin against dollars and then I can then transfer those Bitcoin to make payments to other people. And then you connect your credit card to it or something? Exactly. I think the biggest one in the United States is Coinbase. And so using Coinbase, you connect it to your bank account and you can buy or sell Bitcoin. And then with those Bitcoin, you can make payments to other people. Who uses Bitcoin and why would you use it instead of just regular dollars or your credit card or something? Initially, Bitcoin was set up by a bunch of tech people who had this idea to create a currency where you could make a payment without having a bank in the middle. Then there was talk and fear amongst some governments that Bitcoin would be used by criminals to do nefarious activities, but that turned out to actually have been a trap because Bitcoin is the worst possible way to launder money or to do criminal activity because every transaction is recorded forever and is public knowledge. I thought that was really the whole point of it, was that it would be something that was not necessarily trackable and that a lot of people did use it on places like Silk Road and for other kinds of criminal activity where they didn't want governments or banks or anybody else to know where the money was coming from or going. Well, that was the initial thought and a lot of people had that fear, but the key difference is, is say I give you a $100 bill as part of some illegal act. Once you get that $100 and you spend it, 
or you put it in your bank account, it's untraceable. The record of that is gone forever. If I send you a Bitcoin, if my wallet transfers a Bitcoin to your wallet, that record, that transaction is recorded forever. Not to mention that every transaction that that Bitcoin did before it got to my wallet and every transaction that Bitcoin does after it leaves your wallet is recorded forever. <laughs> and anyone in law enforcement can see that record. And in fact, they have tools to track that. So because that record is immutable and it's stored and, it, and publicly available to anyone, meaning law enforcement without a warrant, it's a horrible way of doing uh, illegal activities. Okay, when you say this record is immutable and it lasts forever, I mean, whenever I think of anything having to do with computers and cyber, I always assume that there's somebody that's going to be able to mess with it, alter it, hack it, or steal from it. And in fact, we know that there have been entire Bitcoin wallets that have been emptied. And some Bitcoin exchanges actually had to shut down because they were hacked. So what do you mean by that immutable and forever? So the Bitcoin blockchain itself is contained on thousands of different computers, the exact same database. So in order for you to hack the Bitcoin blockchain itself, you would need to hack more than 50% of those computers, which is unbelievably hard and it would cost you more than you could steal. However, yes, if I steal your key to your account, if I hack into your computer and you have your key to your wallet sitting on your computer unprotected, yes, then I can steal your money. However, I can never actually hack the Bitcoin blockchain. Okay, that makes perfect sense because I, I had heard that there had been like some major, major thefts. I just wasn't exactly sure how they worked. In fact, for example, say I stole your wallet and I went to you know the store and I bought myself a laptop or an iPad or something. Well, what would happen is the bank would eventually say, oh, we're sorry, someone stole your credit card and they faked the signature, so we are gonna refund you the $1,000 that they stole, right? Whereas with Bitcoin wallet, if I take your Bitcoin password and I steal all the money out of your wallet, there is no bank. There is no third party to make it better. So that money is gone. And there will be some technology solutions to make those more secure. For institutions right now, they hold their Bitcoin and they break it up into pieces and they hold it offline so it can't really be hacked. But those are the kind of growing pains that the digital currency world sort of faced from pirates and bandits. So another caveat to digital currency is the actual value or cost of the currency fluctuates pretty rapidly so that you could buy a Bitcoin one day and it's like $1,000 and then the next day it's up to 12000 and then the next day it's down to 500 I mean, how does that work? The volatility in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies has been pretty massive just in 2018 alone. It was hundreds of percent up and down and up and down. Stabilized near the end of the year, although it's been trading lower, but that is one of the challenges facing the currency is the, the stability of the value. One of the key properties of a money that people would use is, is a, a stable store of value. And to date, Bitcoin has been very volatile. Now, what we'll see going forward is as institutions, like for example, the state of Ohio, now they're taking tax payments in Bitcoin, the more institutions that accept payment of Bitcoin, the more the value of Bitcoin will stabilize versus the dollar. But that has been a challenge to date. 
why would I want to use this instead of just a regular kind of currency through a regular kind of bank? I mean, what's the advantage? One of the reasons that institutions are going to use it is that by removing the need to have a bank in between us to do a transaction for me to make a payment to you, it's a huge cost saving. So one thing that digital currencies allow are for smart contract. And a smart contract is a contract where I agree to sell something to you at a certain price. And then every time we do that transaction, the contract automatically transfers value from me to you. There's no invoice. There's no accounts payable, accounts receivable. There's no, did you send the check? Did you get the check? That's all automated. On the consumer side, when you go to buy something on Amazon or, or online, you have to give your credit card and your shipping address and your card number. You'll be able to check out much faster if you're just transferring coins. It'll allow for much easier payments. That was David Peleg, who will be teaching a course on the use of cryptocurrency in the financial industry, which will be offered at Kansas State University for the very first time this spring. And that's it for now. See you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news and find more online at waki.net.